Attention audience. That's right. That time of the week again. You know what time it is. Good old Friday. Go ahead, Eric. It's Friday. 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 Every films. time. Did it. Every time. I don't, I don't even give up a fight anymore. I really don't. So welcome. You can't <laughs> no, win. No, you really can't. So again, thanks for joining us. Um, again, Friday Films, still bonding review. And we're back with, uh, this is five, right? We're on five? Four, five. Bond five, number, number five, five. Which is, Eric? You only live twice. It's true. That is very true. Featuring, yet again, Sir Sean Connery. Directed by Lewis Gilbert, who will come back and do a couple more Bonds later. He's not doing like the next few, but he does mm-hmm. a couple of the Roger Moore ones in the future. So we'll see Lewis, Lewis Gilbert's name come back. Released on June 13th, 1967. Uh, of course, in the U.S. Um, released June 13th, 1967. The budget, a whopping compared to any of the previous movies, $9.5 million. Wow, it's like pocket change nowadays. All right, we're, we're jumping into this one headstrong because uh, Eric and I had a little pre-discussion before recording, but we feel like, <clears throat> although this might not be on the top of my list yet, which we'll get to it towards the end, this is where you see the typical Bond movies from here on out start essentially i mean this is man, this is bond we as we know it full-blown bond yes. at this point yeah, it's man. not intro to bond from, it is bond now <clears throat> oh my god from the intro sequence to the action sequence sequences i mean to the sexy time i mean it is full All bond over the place. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so we start with the classic gun barrel intro which I, I know you've said in previous ones is now sean connery is now sean connery couple edits to this one though this is the first time we actually see the the dot following him on that's frame. right i didn't notice that i'm like and then the and then the blood after the gun sh- gunshot mm-hmm. and then the shaky yep. cam so that intro that we know and we will see that for every single bond going forward this is the first time we see that is the is the blood drip going down yep which is awesome. I freaking was giddy as a schoolgirl yeah, when I, I saw like, that because hey, I did not remember that that started in this movie. Yeah, and the um, so. the other thing you've, I've kind of noticed in this movie that we hit on, I, it probably won't be any scene specific, but if you notice the Bond music, I feel has changed a little bit more to the traditional Bond, like because yeah, yeah it feels a little bit more or- orchestral. Yeah, yeah, because the original Bond, you could tell there was yeah. a few notes off. You could tell like they were kind of tweaking the song, but when they mm-hmm. did the theme song in the some of the different scenes in the movie, I'm like. That's the Bond song I or I remember. Like it, you can oh, tell, yeah. it was just tweaked They've, a little bit. It was like, nope, that's it. It's hitting every note now. Yep, they have figured out who Bond who Bond is and where they want to go with this action series. Mm-hmm. So, so um, the movie starts in space, the final frontier. These other missions. Oh wait, wrong wrong movie. I'm sorry. Come back, come back. We just see open space. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I was going Star Trek there, but I realized this. We're not into that review yet. We'll come back to that one another time. Wrong bald guy, I'm, Jordan. My bad. My bad. We're talking Sean Connery, not Patrick Stewart, in this film. Mm-mm. When you're just seeing a space shuttle just floating around in space with all the stars, it's hard to keep track of them all. Okay. So we're in space. We see this um, spaceship just kind of floating around. It is the U.S. space capsule Jupiter-16. Okay, that's right. 
Yeah, I didn't keep track of it. It was a spaceship. That's all I saw. Um, <laughs> and then I know there's some talk back and forth between uh, Space Command, as I like to call it, or the main operating room, and the space shuttle. Um, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's just a, a bogey. And it's like, hey, you got something coming up on you. We're like, uh, it's open space. We see nothing. How do you not see okay. anything in space? So this is where I'm going to jump in, Jordan. Because there's there's absolutely a, a another craft approaching this. Um, as the craft approaches, the craft opens the front of it in like a four section. Straight up. A full-blown ripoff. Granted, it was you know set a couple decades before. Full-blown ripoff of Audrey Two, the plant from Little Shop of Horrors. You ever seen that movie? I might have seen bits and pieces of it, but I don't re- recall it. Okay. I will say that much. Great, great musical. Rick Moranis. You know, I'm kind of a musical buff. Don't judge me. But the plant opens up kind of like the Predator mouth. Uh-huh. You know, that's exactly what this ship reminded <laughs> me of. So this, hey, this ship. So for henceforth in this film, this ship, when it reappears, because it will, spoiler alert, it is going to henceforth be referred to as Audrey 2, the plant from Little Shop of Horror. I just called it uh, the Space Eater or Spaceship Eater or Ship Eater. I forget. It was, I think I called it Space Eater the whole way through my notes. Close enough. Yeah. Oh, Space Eater's back. Yeah, like, that's what my notes say. Um, so <clears throat> Audrey 2 is approaching the ship. Um during this time, one of the astronauts has has left the ship and is floating. Yeah, that's right. I forgot above. about that. He's just kind of like, uh, and that's yeah. the best part. It's like he's hanging around. He's outside of the ship and still doesn't see this thing coming. It's not that, like the last. Well, it's really difficult to turn around in space. Well, okay, I'll give him that. <laughs> but I mean, he's out of the ship. It's not like the ship's facing in one direction. That thing's coming up behind it, and you can't yeah. see it. I mean, the spaceman is out of the ship, facing in a different direction <laughs> with a globe on his head. He's got a little bit more peripherals here, and he still can't see the thing coming after him. Classic 1960s spacesuit, man. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> so the ship approaches. Audrey 2 opens her wide mouth, clamps down on the U.S. <laughs> on the U.S. capsule. <laughs> Straight up cutting the cord like a freaking newborn baby of the astronaut that's floating around. And that poor bastard has easily the worst death in the entire Bond franchise. So, I cannot think of any other movie that somebody dies as mercilessly as this. I am just so glad. Just floating in space. I'm glad it's not Frank. It's not Frank. It's no. not. Frank will Frank return. Will return. <laughs> Later in this I movie. I feel like if... Frank can't return from outer space, no matter how powerful he is. If it wasn't against copyright laws <laughs> and all this other stuff... I wish we could just go back and put Frank will live at the end of every Bond movie. Every Bond movie. Just as a friendly reminder <laughs> no one that Frank, will know Frank is always there. Um, so this shape, this spaceship consumes the uh, the Jupiter 16, straight up mercs the floating astronaut. Then we cut to the conference room where the U.S. and Russia and England are all there just having a chat. And just pretty much And it's the very blame. friendly and cordial, and they're having tea. Russians are having vodka. It's a very delightful experience. It's almost like um, it's like an episode of, of, of uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, <laughs> yeah. you know, if he had, like, multicultural guests. <laughs> you know, it's a really delightful experience. Yeah. No, no, it's not. U.S. is straight up blaming Russia for mm-hmm. eating their spaceship. Yeah, yeah. Full-blown. like, it's not us. Full-blown. yeah. Britain, Britain stands up, England, they stand up and they straight, they just defend Russia, claiming they tracked it to Japan, yep. where they have a man on the ground in Asia right now. Yes. Yep. 
That's and right. now enters Bond. And I forget this if this girl even had a name. I just put a Chinese girl because don't it's, remember it's somewhere in like Hong Chinese Kong girl or is her that, name. Yeah. In this. I think it's where it took place. Yeah. Um, but what better way to cut to Bond and any Bond movie other than post Whoopi? That's right. Cut to Bond post Whoopi with this with this Chinese girl making out with first semi racist and sexist line of the movie. There was a couple in this movie <laughs> of quote unquote. Why do Asian girls taste different? <laughs> yeah. I, I've missed that one, but yeah, yeah, I, I do remember he had a lot of them. Uh, oh, Mister Bond! Oh, you're a man from a different time, and I love you. I love you for it. <laughs> and then it's revealed that the 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 Chinese woman is a bad guy, and she traps Bond in the bed, one of those flippy beds that fold up in the I wall. I miss those things. I always wanted one of those when I was a kid. I always wanted to stay at like a hotel or something that had one of the flippy beds. <laughs> Although. Always wanted to. I'm not Never lie, got the chance. Every time I see those scenes, the great, I know there's tons of movies I can pull references from, but I always think of The Fifth Element. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, when, yeah the, when they right get on. stuck in the bed you. and they can go up and down with the dishwasher and all that stuff. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> heard, heard, yeah. right on. So anyway, he gets thrown into this bed. And. Um, I think she doesn't, I don't know if she just calls someone or opens the door, but then like all these, uh, there are two or three guys coming, Chinese guys with these like crazy Uzi machine guns and just light up the bed. And then, um, those guys leave and I get the police show up and they're looking around and they unfold the bed. And what do we see? Bond. Bond is dead. Dead. in the bed with the fake blood underneath the, uh, the sheets. <clears throat> Absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this episode of Friday Films <laughs> Bond Interview. <laughs> We're skipping the rest. Bond doesn't make Bond it. died in the first five minutes. End of story. Game over. We restart with another Bond in the next movie anyway, so it's all fine. <laughs> so this now leads no. us to our intro of the... I don't know. What, what are we calling this movie? It's not Bond anymore. Bond's dead. What are we calling it? We're going to call it something else. <laughs> Adventure well, times it's in called Hong Kong. you only live twice. It's called you only live twice, and that's for a reason because Bond died in this movie. That's true. That's true. But he lives again. But we don't know this until after we get through the new intro in this movie. The intro is awesome. Man. It is. Um, we'll go to cut to the chase on this. It's different. It's a very Japanese themed mm-hmm. intro, which I think fits the movie. You know, it threw me off at first, but definitely fits the movie. It is. The whole movie takes place in Japan, so it works. And I think they use uh, um, similar scenes and all towards the end credits, which is nice. I kind of kept it. Um, they do the same yeah. in both aspects of that. <clears throat> um, but the intro I loved. This song is great. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this Bond song. And I think from here on out, the song of You Only Live Twice. I don't want to say they keep pushing the bar, but essentially, in a way, they do as the movies go on. They they push that whole intro to what we know today, and like the Daniel Craig movies and all, where the intros are just insane. It's almost like a separate movie in itself. Um, but I think this is where we start, and even in the last movie and all. But I, I think this is kind of where, like you said, that it's full Bond from here on out. This is where we start seeing, mm-hmm. like, the, hearing the music change, um, the more comic relief the more gadgets and even that intro has gotten a little bit better and the songs are, are starting to get better and better not that there was anything wrong with any of the previous ones but you can tell it's like they keep setting the the bar up a notch as they go on from here mm-hmm. on out 
little bit of a um, a little bit of a early trivia time when when it comes to this intro. This intro song was done by Nancy Sinatra, the 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 daughter of Frank Sinatra. I did not know. Um, that. Yeah, yeah. Nancy Sinatra did this song, and she 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 chose to do it after her father passed on the opportunity. He decided not to sing for the Bond movie. Um, so she took it up. Apparently she was so nervous while recording the song. It took 25 takes oh, wow. for her to do it. And they used the best of the 25 takes. Um, so yeah, Nancy Sinatra doing the song. I thought cool. was really, really yeah, rad. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Also during the credits and we'll, I'll dig into this more in, in, in trivia time, but blew my freaking mind. And I had to look it up to double check the screenplay for this movie was by Roald Dahl, Ronald Dahl, whatever his name, how's it pronounced? Who wrote Beetlejuice, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even pick up all on that. I didn't of, notice that. All of these classic books, he did the screenplay for this movie. That's awesome. Yeah, I, did, yeah. I didn't know that. I, I, I blew my mind. I had to look it up to make sure it was the same guy, and it is absolutely the same guy. This was his this was his first like big screenplay that he ever did was this movie. Before that he only did books. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty freaking killer. Um but after the awesome intro, which we'll get into um the intro segment towards the end of the episode, we cut to a newspaper announcing Bond's death. Yes. Um aboard a naval ship. A, an English naval ship. On the on the naval ship, there's a funeral for James Bond. They toss his body overboard. You know, fire guns in the air. The the traditional you know uh, military funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, down underneath the water, there are divers waiting to recover his body, and they bring it to a submarine. The body's brought on board the submarine, and pause for a moment because in the British Navy, who wears short shorts? We wear short <laughs> shorts. Every person on that submarine is wearing short shorts, and I love them for it. Wear those short shorts proud. I hope to God that the 2019 British Navy still wears short shorts. <laughs> wear them proud, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, too, am a fan of the short short. <laughs> you know what? I didn't even pay attention um, to the short shorts. I'm not going to lie on that one. But they crack open um, the 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 body that's basically mummified, and there's Bond in his naval commander's uniform little, with a breathing yep, apparatus, all, you know, plastic <laughs> wrapped up essentially. Absolutely, he the the death had been faked. He walks into uh, opens a bulkhead in the submarine, does his ceremonial hat throw, and money penny is. There. I love when. Waiting to greet. I love him. when they open the bag though to pull him out. Like when they unmummify him and like pull up in the plastic bag and they take his breathing apparatus off. He just kind of like opens his eyes and sits up out of the bag and goes, "Permission to come aboard? You're already on this." Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Granted. Oh, thanks. Now, <laughs> the reunion between Money Penny and Bond, while extravagant as it is, pause yet again for a moment for um a a, a new segment i'm gonna call uh eric's hair club for men (laughs) okay where i'm intrigued this is hands down the most obvious hair piece that we've ever seen sean connery wear in a bond movie thus far He's, he's worn a hairpiece in every movie other than the first one. But this scene in particular is the most egregious hairpiece. Like, the front doesn't even match the back. 
Just different colors entirely. <laughs> I'm going to go back and watch because to be honest, I wasn't paying attention to that. I was like, oh, this is my oh chance my to write God. down my notes because he's just talking to Money Penny. I'll listen to the quirks while I'm writing my notes down. So I didn't even look at his toupee. I was like, it is absolutely egregious. So thank you for joining me for Eric's Hair Club for Men. We'll be back <laughs> next week. Um, same, same Bond time, same Bond channel. Uh, we cut to a meeting within with M. Bond is uh, sent to Tokyo to investigate the uh, Audrey Two event in space. I'm going to henceforth Audrey refer Zoo. to it as. Yeah, Audrey Two ate the American shuttle. Um, then Bond gets dressed into a a diving suit and is launched out of the sub like a fucking torpedo. <laughs> I love that too. Why? Why? Because we have a budget to do it. That's, That's right. why. Now. <laughs> Before he leaves, I like because he goes to do that little quirk with uh, Money Penny, and um, I think she like starts asking him about how his uh, girl was that they set him up with with the fake death and this and that. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I kind of loved the reaction when uh, M's like uh, Money Penny, give uh, Bond the password, and she's like, "Oh yeah, we we tried to pick something easy for you to remember." <clears throat> yeah, it's like I love you. Can you go ahead and repeat that to me so I, I can make sure you you've got it. And the look on his face is like, I, I think I can remember that. And as he like awkwardly walks away, it was priceless. I'm like, yes. It's, it's, it's that workflow, yes. man. You got to love you, you respect the workflow. I feel flirt, like you we should have kept tabs on the battle between Money Penny and Bond and just give them points in every oh, yeah. movie. Because this was definitely a win oh, for Money Penny. She had points on the board there. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was even double it's, points. The, it's the war of sexual tension. We'll oh, call it was it. great. It was great. Because I love when, uh, and we'll get to this in like the right before the end credits, the, there's another scene where Money Penny comes back. I'm just like, mm-hmm. yes, more points for her. Absolutely. So, um, absolutely. <clears throat> She's on point in this she film. Was. We'll I, I, like, I liked her, her role in this. But uh, yes, Bond is out the, the torpedo tube in the water. Like he's swimming, and then all of a sudden he's on shore. I'm like, that is pretty impressive. Yep. Swims to shore, cut to the Tokyo nightlife, a little small montage of the Tokyo nightlife. Uh, Japanese girls appear to be tracking Bond. Bond into, enters a sumo bathhouse and receives tickets. A um, little bit of back and forth happens. We watch some of the intro of a sumo match, which, side note, um, while watching this movie, I became a fan of sumo. Sumo is fucking You've rad. never seen I it? I don't care who knows it. You've never seen sumo before? Um no, I mean, I've seen sumo, but, like, this re-sparked my love of sumo. Oh, okay. There was, like, a tiny ember ember of suna, sumo it was, it was in my still, soul. It was still there, and then just reignited. And, like, this movie just blew, like, a waft of breeze on my on my ember and just reignited it into a full-blown flame. Sumo's awesome. I want to be fat, <laughs> is what I'm saying. So I can sumo. I, I don't know if I can picture you in a sumo ranch. I can see you watching it, but I I'm can't a, see you actually in the ring. I'm sorry. I just... I'm a six five six five redhead. I will be the fat bastard <laughs> of sumo, if you will, if I'm allowed, so to speak. Uh. Um, but anyway, uh, a Japanese girl sits down next to Bond, uses the "I love you" code word. Bond uses the "I love you" code word with the girl after like moments um, of awkward con- staring back and forth during this match. Just awkward silence. Like, is this the man? Is this the girl? I have no idea. And then his awkward. Will she? Won't she? I, I is love she? You? You know? Like his awkwardness when he meant, when he says that oh, yeah. line is great. It's brilliant. Um, but it is correct. This is yet another agent. Um, bon- or the girl takes Bond to go meet with Mr. Henderson. Uh, Mr. Henderson is an American who's been living in Japan, a, a associate of, of Bond. 
Um, they share information back and forth. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Henderson is trying to reveal who he thinks is behind this consumption of the U.S. shuttle. Right before he reveals it, he is assassinated through the 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 paper yep. wall behind him. The awkward him. pause, not doing anything, so Bond gets up to move, and as he pulls him exactly. forward, the knife and everything comes through the paper wall. Yeah. Bond pursues the assassin and kills him, the and then consumes to, as in every previous movie, take this man's identity. Yes. <laughs> and I, I thought it was pretty clever. Puts on his clothes. Because he, after he gets the guy, he hears the car running, goes and peeks and goes, like, hmm. Then goes back and gets his clothes and all, and you know, then mm-hmm. tries to sneak back down to the car, acting like he's a, a wounded and all this and that from the battle. Acting like he's injured, yeah. Sneaks into the assassin's getaway car, um, and they and they drive off. Um, <clears throat> Bond is taken to Asato, the Asato Engineering bin, Building, straight up carried upstairs like a w- wounded person, and then a f- fight ensues between him and the and the the driver who carried him up to the. Um, yeah. Carried him upstairs. As the, the driver starts taking his hat and all off, and Mon's like, "Hi." <laughs> that yeah. fight initiates. And this is a much, much faster and much, much better choreographed fight than we've seen in previous. Especially Bond since the is, the villain in this scene here, or the bad guy, is a lot bigger and more muscular. He's like, you can tell there's a a um, a difference between Bond and him in their not only their fighting tactics and skill, but their weight and everything. So that and kind of in um, shows in the whole fight scene as it goes. Because absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> side note here: a little bit of uh, trivia time in, in, in interruption again. That henchman that fights Bond in his in Osada's office was played by a Samoan pro wrestler, the High Chief Peter Fanene Mayai. I'm, I'm butchering the name. Who happens to be? The grandfather of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Really? Yes, I indeed. did not know that. <laughs> That's actually kind of cool. The grandfather of Dwayne the Rock Johnson fought Sean Connery in this in this scene. Um, thought that was really really fun. That is pretty cool. Um, but great choreographed fight sequence. Bond, of course, gets the upper hand, knocks him out, and hides the body in a um, a, a fold out bar and pours mm. himself a drink. Um, he proceeds to hack the safe while security is walking back and forth before a little, you know, a little subtle sneaky time. And th- yeah, and this is where I was kind of <laughs> leaning towards those uh, Bond tactics, you know, because it was kind of like, you know, they did the fight and, you know, he went with the statue and the chairs and all that stuff. But then, like, he, the spy tactics kicked in because he's like, okay, where can I hide the body? You know, like, he finds a place and then he's like, he sees a the safe. Then he's pulling out the cool gadget to try and crack the safe while there's guards back and forth. Um... But that's where the spy stuff kicks in. I like how they kept that in this movie. It's not just like, oh, we'll leave him. I got my gadgets. I'm getting out of here. No big deal. It's like he's kind of covering his tracks. He's still being stealthy as best as he can. Oh, and absolutely. that's what I yeah, love. That, that's still in these movies, which carried over from the previous movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Bond proceeds to hide the body and pour himself a drink. He hacks the safe. The alarm goes off. Um, Bond runs out of the building, shoots a couple guards. You know, chase sequence ensues. Yep. And a car pulls up, and Bond is rescu- rescued by a Japanese girl. The same Japanese girl that, that brought him to um, Henderson. Uh, the meeting yep. with Mr. Henderson. Um, they, they drive around for a bit. They stop. The, 
the girl gets out and is and Bond proceeds to chase her through some tunnels. Bond is uh, suspicious of her during this time. Like he he's exactly. kind of curious why yeah. she just keeps <clears throat> popping up. Yeah, everywhere yeah. he goes. <clears throat> Bond chases her through these tunnels and she she leads him into a trap where the floor opens up, dropping Bond through a tunnel. They love their tunnels yes. in these Bond movies. And I, I, do, I wish I wish I had one of these. This thing was pretty cool. Absolutely, it was the look, best look, slide I ever. One. I need one. <laughs> Drops him into the office office of um, of a of a Japanese gentleman with wicked sweet dome televisions, dome television security monitors. Don't know if you yeah. noticed that. I'm all about the TVs in these Bond movies. Apparently, I notice them in the background of every fucking scene. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You always point out the little things. Wicked like that. sweet, yeah, wicked sweet dome TVs. Um, it is revealed that this gentleman is of the name of Tanaka, who identifies Bond immediately and provides the I love you code phrase. So we know yes. that Tanaka is a good boy. Like, and I love that because this one's not um, as awkward. Bond's like, how no, does that make no, you no. feel about me? He's like, I love you. All right, back at yeah, you then. Exactly. All right, we're cool. Heard. And you find out like, this we're is homies. The, Get it. the contact that Henderson was talking about in their brief meeting. He talked about exactly. having someone like undercover, one of the biggest spies in the area, but goes by yeah. the name of Tiger, uh, which this is the guy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Tanaka prefers prefers to go by the name of the Tiger. Yep. Um, Bond and Tanaka go to his, <clears throat> um, take a ride on his private underground train, yep. Rad, and examine an enlarged photograph from some of the of the Ningpo vessel yeah, from some of the, the documents they yeah. took because the, the other documents they went over in this office right before they left kind of led them to believe that they were um, ingredients for rocket fuel which put them on the trail exactly. of the <clears throat> this company it was Osaka I think or, or something like that was the name of the company Osato, Osato. engineering yeah, yeah. Um, they examined the enlarged photograph of the Ningpo vessel um, and there's some diving girls in the in in the background don't know why they specifically showed that that does not come back up later later but they made a point of showing yeah they did (laughs) um bond is taken to a house and is bathed by incredibly beautiful japanese women while discussing a mission with tanaka um tanaka suspect or bond suspects suspects specter that's a hard (laughs) phrase to say suspect specter and tiger kind of agrees with him Yep, exactly. Um, Bond is given a massage, and Aki, we learn the name of the woman who was driving the car yeah, and rescued this Bond. This sports car times. girl is the way the Bond referenced her, and that's how I had her in my notes. Exactly, too. yep. <clears throat> Aki sneaks in during Bond's massage time, and there is implied sexy time. Mm-hmm. Aki's got a thing for, for the Scotsman, yep. if you will. You know. And how did, uh, she wants to see what's under his kilt, if you know what I'm saying. What did uh, the know. tiger reference it during their um, spa time, or whatever you want to call it, it's because of his chest hair or something like that. That's why they exactly. Were they're not used to seeing. Yeah, they're not seeing, used to seeing men with chest hair. Japanese I, I laughed. Don't have chest I laughed hair. when I when I saw that. I'm yeah. like, oh, is that Bond's secret? The chest hair. That's good to know. <laughs> gotta love, gotta love the chest hair, man. It's like it's like laying down on a soft wool rug. You know, you just want to <laughs> snuggle with it. You know, you just want to like rub your cheek. You know, it's just good. It's good times. It's good times. Um, Bond has a meeting, but cut to next day. Bond has a meeting with the head of Osato Engineering. Yeah, so he goes back and he, during this t- back to the same office to Osato Industries. Yep, <clears throat> he meets with Miss, Miss Brandt and uh, CEO Osato as they land by helicopter. Um, conversation happens between Bond and Osato. 
Asado has an X-ray machine built to, built into his desk, which is really really cool. And there was uh, another guy, uh, one of the secretaries or whatever, the letter man that was kind of keeping tabs on Bond through uh, like a camera slash gun through a security yeah, through camera. The, yeah, I manually controlled security camera gun, which I thought was really neat yeah. as well. Yeah, I'm glad you – I didn't have that in my notes, but I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. And uh, what I like about this is you, you learn at this point that this office is the exact same office that Bond and the other guy had the fight in. And yeah. everything – like he left that room a mess. Everything is back the way it was before. Even the statue that Bond used to lock him out and then casually put back like nothing happened, <laughs> which was great by the way. Is in perfect, is in perfect condition. condition. And Bond even kind of <laughs> looks at it and is like, hmm. Um, and then when the lady goes to get uh, drinks out of the drink room that's kind of hidden in the walls, Bond's kind of like, uh, don't go in there. And then sure enough, the guy's and not the, there. And sure enough, yeah, the Rock's grandfather isn't so there. So you kind of, <laughs> I think Bond starts putting the pieces together like, all right, they, they know something. There's no way. They're, everyone's too yeah. casual. So um, they but play the, that back pretty good. The x-ray, machine, yep, the x-ray machine shows Bond has a gun on him. That will come back yes. later. Um, after meeting CEO Mr. Osada, he gives he gives the kill order for James Bond. Um, while Bond's walking out of the building, of course, <clears throat> chase scene ensues. Mm-hmm. Aki rescues him yet again, yeah. um, and a chase occurs very fast paced. It is like this is. is the fastest car chase sequence we've seen yet, man. Like you can really see where the budget. Oh yeah. yeah. And what I liked about this is uh, you can tell they're pushing the buttons, or again pushing the bars, I should say, more. Like I said before, because how does this chasing end? Because I mean, there's some shooting involved, and they're being chased. And um, mm-hmm. uh, sports car girl, what'd you say her name was? Aki, I think her name is Aki. Aki yeah. Calls uh, Tiger and is like, "Hey, car chase, we're being followed." Yo, we yeah. need help, homie. Which, by the way, what is I love send? the back seat of her car. It's got all these monitors and everything else. And it's it's a convertible. Oh, so, like, spy no shit. one notices yeah. that. Yeah. Walking by a convertible. Like, oh, that's supposed to be a spy's car. Yeah. No biggie. <laughs> like, you've got, like, five, six computers in the back seat. Like, built into the seat monitors and everything. So, yeah. Anyway, they call Tiger for help. And what does Tiger send? Aki calls for backup. And he sends a helicopter who removes, literally, I said that correctly, not take out but removes the chasing car with a fucking yes. magnet. And what do they do? They do this flying out. Just flies away, drops them in the ocean. Yeah. yeah. No big deal. Just becoming a coral reef down at the bottom is what it's going to happen. Uh, I, I laughed because uh, my other half, when I was watching this movie, walked, was kind of walking by the TV in this scene. She's like, wow. They just straight up dropped that car in the water. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they did. Oh, yeah. Straight on. Straight on. Uh, um, after a brief conversation with Tanaka, they, they, they realize that the Ningpo vessel is, is at the docks. Um, Bond and Aki go to the docks to investigate the Ningpo and Bond mm-hmm. straight up just gets in a fight with the dock workers. Now, real quick, before you get too far into this, on their way after like, uh, the car chase battle on their way to the dock where uh, Tiger sends them, Bond tells Tiger to relay a message to M. Yes. Saying. Relays a message to him saying. Uh, send you know, little um, Nelly and be accompanied by, I believe it was father. I think it is. Yeah, her by father. By her father yes. is the way it was. Is yes. The code phrase was word. And I had to throw it out there because Absolutely. this scene will come back in a little bit. And I have to put it out there so that people will know what I'm Absolutely. referring to. This is what we call foreshadow. Foreshadow, yes. Because I was curious. Like At first, Absolutely. I'm like, is that supposed to be Money Penny and M? Like, what is, what is going on here? What is that code name? I'm kind of curious. Not thinking um, and not expecting <clears throat> what I actually should have exactly. of what that was. 
but once the fight ensues with the dock workers, Bond sends Aki for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an awesome, awesome, I mean, you're starting to see very unique uh, action shots. Like there's a really good tracking roof shot of Bond fighting these dock workers on the yes, top of the roof. Yes, I actually really enjoy it. And it's that. like a helicopter shot following it. Great yeah. shot. Probably my favorite shot of the I'd, movie. I'd have to agree. Is, is that one in particular? It was very clean. Like th- this whole battle at the docks was well put together. Um, and it was quick it was too. Quick. It, didn't, it, didn't it didn't take too long. Stay too exactly. long. It didn't overstay its welcome. Uh, but yes, that that full on, and it was a straight shot. You can tell it wasn't like cut a lot. Like it was almost a straight shot, mm-hmm. uh, continuous of Bond running the rooftops. I don't know how many men following and, and Bond just taking them out as he went and kept going and kept going. And then he, he finds a way, which is the best part. He didn't stay and fight them all. He didn't shoot them all with his pistol or whatever. He found a way to escape or to a point and hopping down. Like, so I thought it was very clever. Yeah. Well done. That shot was definitely awesome, especially in the earlier stages of movie filming. Cause I don't remember, continuous shots like long continuous shots being a thing in the older movies just because well, this of... is that time this is that time period when you start seeing those yeah so like i, I thought know, it was you, pretty you start neat seeing those in this time period yeah yeah agreed um but bond is bond is knocked out after after taking out countless dock mm-hmm. workers um and he is taken captive by ceo osata and miss brand who we met earlier yep. but miss brand proceeds to interrogate interrogate bond and Bond does what Bond yes. does best. His number one skill, whether it be fighting, judo, firearms, <laughs> yeah. tech, whatever, his number one skill is the art of seduction. That's true. That's true. Um, That's Bond's number one skill. So he proceeds to seduce Mrs. Brandt, and yet again, implied sexy time happens. Yeah. And I like, during this, um, another quick like spy reference to this one. He is known as Fisher to them currently because, you know, he's, yeah, he introduced himself as, and they Fisher, still know him as Fisher, some businessman. Yeah. So yeah. they don't know that he is Bond. Um, they just know no. them as Fisher, who's someone who's um, kind of messing with their business. And he plays that off during that scene. You know, he tries to essentially flip Brant or number 11, whatever, on Osado mm-hmm. by saying, hey, I stole his secret recipe of whatever. We can, you know, make millions off of it. Why don't you come with me? We can sell it. We can skip out and leave tonight. So he kind of plays it on her, which is cool uh, because I think that's where it leads into the sexy time and kind of helps essentially Bond's Mm -hmm. escape. So I I like how he, Um, he's still in that spy mode. Like even though it's Bond, he still knows the, the craft and he still holds to it even in those conditions. Yeah. Um, after this, Miss Brent flies Bond back to Tokyo, but not before trapping him in the plane and ejecting herself. Yep, straight up, as the plane. Down. Yep, as the plane proceeds to crash down, um, Bond breaks himself out, and after the crash landing, um, the plane explodes. But not. But. Before Bond ahead. escapes. But not before Bond escapes. Um, cut to Bond with Tanaka. Um, it appears they have identified the coastline that was seen in the picture of the um, uh, the Ningpo vessel. Mm. Then we have Jordan. Now, it is um, we figure out who Little Nelly mm. and accompanied by uh, Father is. Eric, you ready for this? Cue oh, gadget time. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast within a podcast for this Bond in Review special. My name's Eric, and welcome to Gadget Time. In this episode of Gadget Time, for one brief moment, you have the opportunity, nay, the privilege, nay, the pleasure of purchasing yourself your very own little Nelly. Your very own little Nelly, Nelly can be yours for 12 easy payments of $9,999.99. Correction, pounds. This is an English movie. What the little Nelly is, is a miniature ultralight helicopter equipped with not only machine guns, rocket launchers, air-to-air missiles, flares, smoke, eject- smoke ejectors, and droppable mines. This can all be yours for the very low price of 12 payments of £9,999.99, whatever the penny is in England. I have no idea. Now, so ladies and gentlemen, if you like, if you want the little Nelly, and if you want it now, please don't hesitate to call us at 555 Zero one two three. Wait, did you just pick a random number for that? That's a fake okay. number. <laughs> I was like, where's he going with this number at? I'm like, that wasn't in the last one. Um, now, real quick, because I, I remember seeing you put this ad up earlier. Those that uh, the little Nelly comes in, it was like four or five carrying cases, right, for easy storage. Absolutely, yes, of course. The little cool, Nelly so slide right through is bed. is easily transportable it comes in the equivalent you could fit the little nelly in the back of your car That's if awesome. you're a college That's dorm awesome. room student and you're moving out think of the amount of boxes you can fit in your in your small dotson that's what the amount of space <laughs> that the, the little nelly will take up if that's isn't still around you know, it, no <laughs> but they were in the 1960s and this is a 1960s good, advertisement good point, sir. Good point. so <laughs> oh, good point. so i actually love um so you can fit the little nelly in your dotson in four or five small packages oh that easily good. fold out and construct themselves into this min- miniature ultralight helicopter equipped with these massive armaments so jordan any more questions <laughs> for the folks at home? no no that's all i had um Back, back to the movie. Come back to the movie, guys. Uh, so, thank you for joining us for gadget time <laughs> for Q time, or Q gadget time. Uh, so Q comes in, and you don't really see much of Q in the scene. Uh, it's a real brief. I mean, most Q scenes are brief, but he kind of comes in, and you know, he's like, "Bond." I gotta I don't give. Let. I gotta give the quick, the quick shout out yet yes, again. That's right. And I'll say this in every movie: Desmond Llewellyn, shout Great. out. He he will be in every movie. Through mm-hmm. the Pierce Brosnan. Yep. Um, so he makes his appearance. Um, it's, he does the whole Bond. I'm not. Ti- I'm not, I don't have time for your quirks to this because I've been on a long flight. Blah blah blah. Goes over the gadgets and that's it. And then like the uh, um, Tiger's team's putting it together. And Tiger's like, Why don't you just take my helicopter? You're like, You really don't want to fly around this thing. This thing looks, you know, shady. Like I don't think it's gonna hold up. Um, but he takes off in this helicopter or whatever you want to call it, Little Nelly, and. He's flying around <clears throat> over the mountains and stuff like that. And at, at this point in time, he's kind of just checking different areas. He's like, yo, at this area, don't see anything. Can even on this area, don't see anything. And then all of a sudden, and I will say, I like how this scene kicks off. I thought it was pretty clever how they did it. You yeah. see Bond in his little aircraft, and he's flying around, and he looks over down the side of this mountain for anything suspicious. And you see his little shadow just kind of coming along. And then all of a sudden, you see another shadow kind of slowly sneak into the uh, the picture frame. And then you see another one. 
and then you see another one, and then you see another one. So then we get like five Bond and four other shadows. What's Bond do? Look around. Here he is, being chased by four other helicopters, which <clears throat> now which kicks I'm gonna off. call them little Susans. Little Susans. Yeah, he's being chased by like five little. Susans. I think it was four. It was four because Bond was the fifth. Four, yeah, little, four Susans. little Susans come after. Yes. He's being chased by four little Susans. Bond proceeds to mm -hmm. take out the other little Susans using the various gadgets. Dropping now, of the mines. Well, I was going to say, now this is the, if I'm not mistaken, the first like actual air chase battle that's thrown into Bond, essentially. Yeah, that we've really seen. This is the first time Bond uses an aircraft to to combat. Yeah, so I mean, it's not a car chase. Like, I actually put it as a, an air battle or air chase, essentially, because... You know, he yeah. goes back and forth, he pulls in front, and, and, you know, he's dropping the mines. Like I said, he's going through all the gadgets that were equipped on this thing. He's Yeah, he's literally using everything. Mm -hmm. Like, every gadget that you we, we mentioned in the in the Little Nelly, little Nelly advert. So, your Little Nelly <laughs> might be a little shy on some weapons, depending on how many takes they took for this movie. Just throw I know, that right? in small print on the advertisement. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, results may vary when it comes to your personal Little Nelly. Yeah, um, it's not reflect the players. <laughs> It <laughs> does, does not reflect. <laughs> um, um, Bond takes out the other the other little Susans um, using the various gadgets and returns home. Now, um, he says a really cute quip about little, little Nelly. Little Nelly was assaulted and she defended her honor yeah. valiantly. <laughs> I, I did catch that. I didn't write it down. But, yeah, that was that was pretty good. It was, um, it was very good. Now, like as he leaves, though, it cuts to the next scene where where are we again? But in space, this time it's the Russians have a rocket that launched. The yes, and the Russians are launching launching their rocket into. Space. And I have spaceship eater, uh, you know, aka Audrey, Audrey two, two, the um, plant from Little Shop of Horrors. Yep. For those who don't remember, so I put it on there that uh, it strikes again. And yeah, well, Audrey too is hungry yes, again. Yeah. That's what I put. <laughs> <laughs> and feed me, Seymour. <laughs> so this now kicks off the Russians, which it was. It was an interesting scene, but you you essentially have two Russian commanders of some type just yelling in different forms of Russian repeatedly because their ship just disappears, and then it pretty much cuts to them now blaming uh or no it's the americans watching that disappear off the radar and them saying well a russian is going to blame us or whatever if i'm not mistaken yeah um but this time we see the uh space eater as i like to call it or audrey audrey, audrey too. too land <laughs> in this underground bunker re-enters the atmosphere mm -hmm. and lands inside the volcano, and, which happens to be the same volcano Bond flew over yeah. earlier. And what's interesting, though, is like I like how the mm -hmm. Americans are like, oh, well, we didn't do it, but uh, it's still the Russians. They just did it to their own ship so they can blame us for it. Really? Oh, really? absolutely, 100%. Uh, but we um, checked then Japan. We cut it's to, not Japan. Then we cut to yet <laughs> another meeting, and the tensions are very high between the U.S. and Russia. And keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this movie takes place... During the Cold War. So tensions between U.S. and Russia are already very high in real life. So reflecting that in the movie is really, really neat. Um, so like this whole movie centers on the concept of World War III breaking out between U.S. Mm -hmm. and Russia, which was a very real threat um, during this time period. Um, so we cut back to the volcano layer and Blofeld is there with his little cat. Which I love because this is now da -da -da -da, <clears throat> you know, the grand reveal of number one. 
Exactly. Well, number one, we've seen in, in a couple movies yes. before, but we've only seen the same thing we've seen here with him and his little yes. cat. Yes. We've yet to see him. Um, he's always got the little white cat, though, which that cat stole the fucking show later on in the movie. I'll get to it. You'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, cut to Blowfield with his little cat. They remove the Russian capsule and take the astronauts prisoner, mm-hmm. putting them on the equivalent of the volcano Epcot ride. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're really not. Heard. They are on the volcano Epcot. They really right? are. I laughed every time I saw that thing around too. I'm like, look how wobbly that is. I was like, yes. that is like a, <laughs> Thank uh, you. Uh, just like a roller coaster. That's all that is. I was like, that's great. Um, Blowfield show, proceeds to show off his piranha fish with Hans, which do you remember, Jordan? And from Russian with Love, I told you there would be many, many more large yes. blonde men in Bond yeah, movies. Yeah. This is the first of said many yes, more large yes, blonde men. And my, uh, my um, apologies, I forgot this when you're right we've only seen number one throughout this movie uh up, up until now you just see his arm in the cat yes that's right yeah, you just see his arm is in the right. cat um blowfield shows off his piranha fish with hans his 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 henchman um he proceeds to alter the deal with the uh presumably japanese um whoever that's behind everything politicians yeah. whatever um, it's never really for said. I don't $1 think. million. Dollars. Um, he alters the deal. In the words of Darth Vader, pray I don't alter it further. Yeah. Um, Blowfield calls Asato and Mrs. Brandt to his office and identifies Bond via the gun x ray. He's the only one they knew who uses a Walther PPK. Yep. Um, they, he you know, instructs them to leave. Upon leaving, Miss Brandt is dropped into the piranha pit the for p- her piranhas. failing to kill Bond. Oh, yeah. Blowfield ain't got time for failure, nope. no, no. As, we've, as we've learned for this movie multiple times and several movies before. <clears throat> um, so now, that being done, we cut to the next scene, which I thought was kind of cool because all movies, including Bond can be better with only one thing, in my opinion. One thing only. Ninja Camp. Can make any movie better. Ninja Camp. Yes. Ninja Camp always makes things better. It doesn't matter what movie it is. I mean, hell. I mean, oh, absolutely. Think of Three Ninjas. I remember watching that movie as a kid. Ninjas. That made that movie so much fun. It oh, yeah. It doesn't matter who, who the ninjas were. <laughs> there was ninjas in the movie. Anyway, so Bond now goes to Ninja Camp, which I thought was really cool because... Even for this time frame, what I liked is it had... Well, well go for preface real quick, Bond arrives back at, you know, meets back up with, with uh, Tanaka and Aki. Well, yeah. Um, and Tanaka, Tanaka tells him that the best way to sneak back into this area is as, as a ninja. And it just right. so happens that Tanaka is the head ninja master of this in ninja all camp. of Japan. Yeah. <clears throat> So the ninja montage n- montage proceeds yep. where they walk through the camp demonstrating all the various methods that Tanaka has trained these ninjas mm-hmm. in. And this is where I was getting ready to go to. That I like the fact that they, they show some of the old traditional uh, ninja skills, which if anyone who follows different types of martial arts and ninjutsu and all that, you have the, the typical uh, bow staffs and the swords, and then you start getting into the close combat fighting, and you have some of the stealthier stuff, like the, the shurikens and stuff like that. But what I like is as it continues on, uh, and I won't call this gadget time because this isn't Q gadget time. No, but it's not gadget I, time. I felt this was neat is that... Y- there's a transition and tiger even says he's like now for the modern 
uh, ninjas. For the modern ninja. Yeah. And they go into these guys who are you know doing different guns, and they have like explosive rounds, and then you have yep. these cool cigarettes just chilling on the yes. table. The the rocket pistol and the cigarette gun, which is a cigarette that, when lit, fires around with rocket propulsion into the nearest person. Interruption for trivia time. The rocket pistol and the cigarette rocket were real life weapons. Really. That were actually manufactured, and the movie was paid for their product placement. It was hoped that they would become standard military and intelligence equipment. However, they proved to be far too expensive. Ammunition cost three times as much as normal ammo. Wow. Clumsy. They were useless at any any distance under 15 yards and unreliable. They were horribly inaccurate and tended to start fires. They were ceased production in 1969. Wow. But they were a real product that paid to be in the movie. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So thought that was a, a, a reliable ninja time for you. Uh, no, that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, Trivia like, time, uh, not ninja, ninja time. time. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I, th- I think it's at about this point in time where uh, I guess it's Tiger pretty much says, you know, he talks about getting Bond back into the island or wherever he needs to go by kind of <clears> going in disguise. But this is where he starts his actual... Uh, transformation, so to speak, if I'm not mistaken, it's yeah, at this point. He, he says, you know, we can we can get you there, but first you've got to come become Japanese. You must marry and become Japanese. Yeah. Um, but you can't marry Aki. That's right, because they were real hit on that man. The moment Aki, Tanaka, and Bon were walking down, and Tanaka was like, "Yo, you got to marry Aki," and Bon were like, "We got yeah, this." Yeah, yeah, and he's like, "No." No, 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 no. You got to marry a local. You got to marry somebody from the island. Which just happened to be another one um, of Tiger's agents. Exactly. So got him Bond undergoes makeup uh, makeup to look Jack- Japanese. With, cut real quick to the scene that he walks into him and Aki's bedroom. Straight up looks like Spock from Star Yeah, Trek. I thought that too when I saw them. I'm like, hey. Not going to lie. Now, I will, I have to Full blown Spock. Now, I don't think it's ever said in the movie, but um, I'm kind of curious. Let's see if, what's your thoughts on this. Do you think at this point in time when Bond's doing the makeup and getting the all the cosmetics done, do you think they went to Frank's guy? I think they went to Frank's guy. Um, um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that a little later, but I'm pretty sure like the makeup was good enough that it could have been Frank's man. I see, because like, Frank's guy is like an expert. Frank's I mean, guy I mean, is really, really good. I mean, he, he did yeah, pretty Frank's good. Frank's guy is pretty solid. And, and we, we know that Bond <clears> and Frank have had acquaintances. They've had, they've had a or, past. You know, Bond like, seems to yeah, be like tracking that bodies, bastard yeah. around. Like, so, Bond seems wondering. more interested in Frank than he is in Spectre. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we'll, we'll, yeah. yeah Secretly, we'll get to, we'll Frank get to that a little bit later. The, but, you know, yeah. the main head of Spectre. We just don't know yeah, it. Yeah, the real bad guy. <laughs> Frank is really number through, one yeah. after all of this. Uh, um, that would be great. But anyway, uh, Bond walks in the bedroom. He looks straight up like Spock. Yeah. Um, more sexy time with Aki. Um, post coitus snappy nappy time is which I'm referring to this as yeah, post coitus nappy time. Um, a ninja sneaks into the attic above Bond's room, drops poison on a string 
from a bottle, which is a real technique used mm-hmm. um, by by ninjas back in the day. Super red, misses Bond, but hits Aki. Mm-hmm. Bond wakes up with Aki seizing in the bed next to him, sees the assassin, grabs his gun from under his pillow, I might add. Yeah, yep. Um, we've mentioned that in previous yep. episodes. Pillow under the And er, kills he, the assassin. Pillow under the gun, the gun under the pillow. <laughs> exactly. Sadly, Aki dies. Yep. Um, I was a little disappointed there. But. Not, yeah, yeah, me too. Not a lot of not a lot of mourning goes on, but Bond continues his ninja training, and yet another assassination yeah. attempt occurs on Bond's life. So many assassins in this camp. Tanaka, while awesome as he is, not great with security. No, he really isn't. Because I like how I was like, you not just great. killed him. He's like, well, he attacked me first. He's like, oh, I don't even know this guy. Yeah. For captain of an assassin camp, not great at not great at, at, yeah. at security, you know. Um, then we cut to a little little bit of a montage of Bond's marriage ceremony <laughs> with with his his new misses or his misses his local misses, if you will. A little bit of back and forth. This is I, I really like seeing the the uh, input of traditional Japanese culture when it comes to I, marriage. I did too. I, I noticed that they put a little bit more yeah. of traditional. Um, Japanese culture throughout the movie, and it was it wasn't too much. It was enough for the um, the movie to reference because yeah. it was you know filmed in Japan and all that stuff. So it was really good for that aspect of it. But I thought it was blended into the movie well, um, even with this marriage scene. Because when I got to the marriage scene, I'm like, all right, I, I get it. It's part of the movie. It's part of his cover and all. Uh, and I, I like the tradition. It was longer. It, it was a little yeah, longer. It was than longer than it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was longer than it needed to be. But I think it carried a decent weight. To I, yes, it. I, I, agree I, with I, that. I liked. I liked it being in there. Um, but like even like the sumo wrestling um, all in the beginning and stuff like that, like the 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 cultural aspects that they threw into the movie, I think were well done and placed well in the movie. Oh yeah, very mm-hmm. Japanese, very Japanese movie. Yeah. Um, then we cut to the boat ride back to the volcano island. Yeah. His new wife is there. The wife is local, so that they can blend in. Yes. Blend in. Um, as a honeymoon disguise, mm-hmm. um, they go to their little honeymoon suite. The wife's is like, yo, I'm sleeping here. You're sleeping here. And fuck you. This is work. Not a honeymoon. Yeah. And, and real quick side <laughs> note, when they, the boat land or docks and lands, when the boat docks and they start walking ashore, uh, cause I didn't realize what this was until it's referenced a little bit later in like the next scene or so. But you see a couple people walking by, all kind of like sad, and there were some random boxes and stuff like that that they had. And you don't really catch what's going on because you hear a lady talking to Bond's new wife, so to speak. And yeah. you know, she seems concerned. Bond's just kind of hiding his head, and um, Tiger's kind of like hiding his head and off to the side and just kind of watching them do their thing. Um, but they're, they're apparently during the scene, something's going on that's not really referenced until, uh, like, the next scene or two. Just right next, yeah, yeah which which I'm, I'm, yeah, that's that's actually right here. Um, Bond and his missus go to sleep. Tanaka comes to warn Bond that the Americans have changed their plans and they're launching their rocket mm-hmm. earlier, so their timetable has been moved up. The new wife wakes up to hear this information and shares about... Uh, information she learned at the funeral procession that occurred earlier in the day, which is what you were referencing, yes. about a woman who died, who 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 rode her boat into a cave nearby, and, and seriously the boat died. came back with her dead. Um, 
Bond and and new wife don't remember her name uh, Kissy I think actually now I, I said I don't remember her name and I immediately remembered it yeah I, said, I don't remember um, it written down yeah Bond and Kissy set out Bond proceeds to fantasize about Aki while looking at Kissy um, they find the cave but there are there's gas in the cave which is obviously what killed the woman which is keeping them away mm-hmm. um, Bond concludes that that cave is an outlet for lava which leads back to the volcano so they proceed to hike up towards the summit of the volcano stopping to rest momentarily on one of the hillsides and Bond attempts to yet again consummate his marriage <laughs> while resting on the hillside and at word of work too however if it wasn't before the number one rule in James Bond movies what is that Jordan um, I know you've told me, but I didn't write it down, nor do I pay attention to rules. Interruption of sexy time. Oh, that's time. right. Interruption. Yep, that is. A helicopter flies by, and Bond and, and new wife, Kissy, watches the helicopter enter the top of the volcano that Bond was flying over earlier. Which isn't an active volcano, apparently. Which is apparently not an active volcano. Um, Bond and his wife reach the summit of said volcano. I don't see anything. Just looking down into the water. No helicopter. No we nothing. cut to the nothing. We cut to the Pentagon. The Pentagon launches the rocket, telling all U.S. units worldwide to be on alert. Mm-hmm. World War Three is on the horizon. Basically, what they're saying is that if we launch this yeah, thing, something happens to it, and the Russians intercept it, we're starting shit. Yep. Shit's going down. Um, Bond and his wife proceed to investigate the volcano like Bond realizes it is a giant metal door. Yeah, because I like how deep uh, Bond, is it and he throws a rock and says, clink, 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 that's metal. Yeah, exactly. Great paint job, by the way, because yeah. even up close, that kind of looked like It water. did, yeah. It was, it was, I thought it was, it was actually really good. Yeah, great design. Yeah, very good design. Um, <clears throat> Bond sends his wife back to Tanaka for backup, i.e. ninjas. Mm-hmm. And equips his suction cup, knee pads, and gloves. I actually put in my notes, Bond finds entrance to base and enters ninja style. I put, Bond climbs into volcano like a poor man Spider-Man. I think I like yours better. I went with ninja style because, you know, he was trained by ninjas, so he's like climbing on the walls. But yeah, I like that better. Um, the layer is prepping the launch of the Little Shop of Horrors plant rocket <laughs> disguised as a Russian <laughs> missile <laughs> to intercept the American uh, the American vessel in space. Uh, Bond proceeds to hide inside the Epcot ride under a blanket <laughs> with a very unobservant Asian man driving yeah, it. Yeah, he doesn't even pay attention. Uh, he hops off and finds the prisoner astronauts. Yep. They proceed to take out the the nearby guards and put on their uniforms. Um, a go well, ahead. I was gonna say, um, are you continuing with this? Or are you gonna cut back to uh, the cutting way? to the helicopter? Okay, yeah, I, was, I was gonna say, yeah. I want to make sure we didn't miss it because it was kind of like small and just thrown yeah. in there because it was kind of started doing the yeah. jump back and forth part of that. Um, we cut back to Bond's wife, who is a fucking hell of a swimmer considering <laughs> yeah. she's in the middle of the goddamn ocean yeah. i noticed that too i'm like huh. um, and they came and they came there by boat that's right um a helicopter notices the wife swimming and attempts to kill her wife is a very good swimmer and dodges the bullets underwater yep. um but then you don't see her scene that. that was a little bit unnecessary but it's true now the, the thing that i i liked about this this scene or at least what i took away from it is when the helicopter goes by she's swimming 
they kind of see her and they loop back around and she realizes it. So when they loop back around, they start shooting at her and there's, they're hitting the water next to her as she goes under. And that's all you see. You don't really see her resurface or anything. So I kind of feel like this scene here was um, really clever because in a way it kind of like shadowed her um, possibly dying, Uh, but they kind of leave it up in the air. So you don't really know. Uh, so she's just swimming along, gets shot at, disappears. I automatically think that if she disappeared under the water while being shot at, that she would die. So I think that's how they portrayed this scene to make it seem like she didn't make it, meaning that Bond's help isn't really coming. So yeah, bit un- bit unnecessary because it didn't play that way for me. I mean, I get it, but like when I looked at later on, um, I, it kind of fit. But yeah, I agree. If they didn't need to have this scene. But I, I think it was kind of like a feeling that it worked, but not in the way they intended it to, 100%. Yeah. Then we cut to the final preparations of launch, ordered by Bluefield. Um, Bond proceeds to take the role of the astronaut. That's right, because... While the real astronauts dress him, you know, disguised as guards dress him up. Because uh, the other um, prisoners that he escaped, you know, or helped escape, are all helping him. Because they all took their outfits and got yes. snuck in to take out the astronaut. Absolutely. Um, Side note, Bond gets all the way to the rocket and nobody realizes that this man is way fucking taller (laughs) than anybody else here. I can't think of that too. I'm like, because like I was starting to jot my notes down and like when Bond gets to the thing, like they call it like, hey, stop that astronaut. I'm like, uh, they finally realize he's too tall to be on this ride. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody noticed that they hired Yao Ming as an astronaut. Um, yeah, no, I was. Bluefield so orders to stop the astronaut right before he boards the rocket, because uh, because he entered the rocket with his air conditioner, which no astronaut would actually do. <laughs> yeah. um, Bond is taken to Blowfield and is asked to remove his helmet. Um, in this moment, Blowfield's face is revealed for the very, very first time. Yes, and this is a scene I was thinking of that I was almost jumped ahead on when I was referring to him earlier. Yes. Yeah. And straight up, this is where they got Dr. Evil. From. Yes. Yes. Which was great. Cause I saw that. Yeah. I'm like, ah, because I've actually, <laughs> again, like, and I've said this in multiple recordings so far that I didn't really watch as many as the early bond movies as I thought I have. I thought I've seen different yeah. scenes from different movies. I couldn't tell you which ones they were. And going back and watching all these Sean Connery movies, I don't think I've actually seen any of them all the way through. So Number yeah. one was never really revealed to me until this scene, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, yeah. this all makes so much more sense now." Um, oh, absolutely! You can you you start seeing where uh, things like like Austin Powers were uh-huh. inspired from, yep. you know. Um, but Bluefield's face is revealed, who looks straight up like Doctor Evil, and he literally says the name of the movie. Yes, and I I wrote this down because I love this reference. He's like, interesting. He's like, I thought you died, or I was told that you died. And Bond's like, well, um, he said something like, like, uh, oh, this is my second life. And yes. then, of course. Blowfield proceeds to say, you only live twice, twice yes. Mr. Bond. Which was great. I, I uh. love how they're starting to throw the movie titles into the movies, which is great. Oh, absolutely. Um, Blowfield proceeds to announce his plan to start World War Three between U.S. and Russia in order for Spectre to rise and take control. 
Um, during this time period, the res reserve astronaut is loaded into the rocket while Bond is searched. His cigarettes are taken from him, and they specifically show yes. that. Um, yet again, foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. The launch commences. Tanaka, Bond's wife, and the ninja army show up. And this is what I was referencing to as far as that scene with her swimming. Because if you look at that scene and then this scene... Because there's no more cut back and forth during this whole time that Bond's being introduced to number one and all that. It, it kind of makes it seem like she didn't make it in the water, so no help was coming. But then, oh, she is still alive and help did show up. Although I don't think it played yeah. out that way. I think that's what the intention was of that scene. The intention may have been that way. Didn't work no, out No, I don't think way, it did though. either. Uh, but I, I, that's what I gathered when I watched it. I'm like, okay, that's what they were trying to do is that mm -hmm. little setup there. And I just don't think it worked the way they intended, but that I think was the purpose of that scene. Yeah. Um, Blofeld orders Hans, his number two man, uh, to blow up the ship as soon as they capture the American vessel. Vessel? Vessel. Vessel. I like that one. No, vessel <laughs> sounds good. And gives him the key to the explodey button. Yes. Um, which is what I'm referring to it as. It is the explodey button. Now, um, the Ninja Army, which, by the way, is the lamest Ninja Army in the history of cinema, because they are discovered literally immediately upon arriving at the volcano. <laughs> However, in their defense, this volcano was well guarded. And yes, hitting. but either way, no, no defense. Lamest Ninja history, Army in true. cinema history. Um, um, immediately discovered, turrets proceed to fire on oh, them yeah, from this, inside this the volcano. Um, yeah, they are not very good ninjas. Uh, Bond proceeds to ask for a spoke as he watches his friends That's right, die. Uh, number two is like, oh, you get to sit here and watch. He's like, well, if I, if I got nothing else to do, can I at least get a smoke? <laughs> exactly. Um, <clears throat> Bond proceeds to light up his, his, his cigarette gun and fires at none other than... This guy. An Asian man in a red shirt. Playing with these levers on the who, wall. Playing with these levers on these wall, minding his own goddamn business. Yeah, what did he ever do? And ladies and gentlemen listening at home, can you take a shot in the dark and guess who this gentleman is? For, you know, back to work. Wait. Back wait. to work. I'll wait. I'll wait. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it is Frank. That poor bastard... <laughs> Made it all the way back. He came to Japan. He found a guy. He reconstructed. He he assimilated into Japanese society and culture. Changed his appearance again, again, again. Got a new job and used with a better used his Yeah, used his MIT uh, MIT <laughs> credentials and got a job as a rocket scientist, working in a volcano layer. With a built-in Epcot ride and Starbucks. I think he had his own clipboard. I mean, that shows you how hard he worked at that Who, job. He had a clipboard. He did such a great job. He did so good. And who shows up at this volcano later? Layer? None other. None other than, than goddamn James Bond himself. His and what does Bond do this nemenous. time? He doesn't throw him off the boat. He doesn't, he doesn't knock him out in a bed of flowers. He doesn't knock him out and take a scuba deer. He doesn't take his, his radiation equipment. No, he shoots him point blank range. With a cigarette gun. With the cigarette gun. For no reason. Like straight on in the Whatsoever. chest. Like knocks him out of the way. 
Now, just now, 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 I, I, I want to, I want to clarify this because I want to make sure our reports are on the same level here. The reports that I have um, from his injuries uh, show that he's okay because you did specify that those rocket cigarettes <clears throat> weren't as deadly as um, they appeared. Absolutely, yeah, okay, a- absolutely. Just, just they were, um, they were very clumsy and useless at distance under fifteen okay. yards, and it seemed to me. That Frank was in like the sixteen yard range. He was range. Like right there on that edge. So yeah, right there, yeah there. he was right in the okay. cut. So, so so Frank will return. Okay. <laughs> he's got. He needs to rest up. <laughs> I was a little worried. Frank I was a little worried. I mean, I saw that scene. I was like, Frank, no, no, Frank. <laughs> but like I read the after report here, and I mean, his medical records look like they're going to be. Absolutely. He'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. He's going to pull he's, through. He's stable. He's stable. He's, he's stable. Despite, despite the further the, the next events to <laughs> yeah, come. Oh yeah. He is yeah. stable. <laughs> Um, yeah, you that. <laughs> um, but Frank is Frank is knocked out by by the cigarette gun. A fight breaks out for absolutely no reason. Bond is immediately stopped because he is way out of his league in this situation. You, way too many enemies around for him. To you stop. do realize why that fight broke out? Because he killed Frank or attempted to well, kill no, Frank. It's because Frank. Was Listen, in Frank front was everyone's favorite. Yeah, well, Frank was everyone's yes, favorite. Like true. he was the guy that brought cupcakes for people's birthday. Like He's you don't shoot that guy in an office the, uh, setting and expect to get away with it. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you there. <laughs> However, Frank was guarding the legendary lever that Bond pulled to start Indeed. opening the hatch to allow the ninjas Indeed. to come in. Which you are number you two are correct. Or number one. Yeah. Number Frank two. was in charge of the volcano lever. That was it's his. True. Is is that why he had can to you blame a man important. for being in charge of a lever? Really important. You know, <laughs> so anyway, number one comes uh, over and just turns that thing back off and starts closing back up. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, Bond is stopped yeah. incredibly quick. Now these ninjas come um, in again. They are not. I agree with you. Not doing such a good ninja job. They are coming. Not in. The great ninja, None of great them are making ninjas. it. Now, granted, number one did say he had a, 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 enough supplies to take on a small army. So I mean, these ninjas are like nothing. Uh, but yes. one, one clever ninja decides to blow a hole in the middle of this thing which i thought was kind of clever absolutely I give that, that one credit. absolutely and i thought it was tired letting the first, other ninjas in um blowfield is very displeased by this and proceeds to close the shutters but the mission is still a go cut to ninja fight montage oh, yeah, this was a great montage too Oh my God! Goes on for a few minutes. We got ninjas fighting left and right. We got people shooting each other, stabbing each other. Yeah. We got samurai swords. We've got ninja so, stars. We've got the works. Name a Asian movie with stunts, and they did it in this three yes. minutes. Now, I, what I thought was funny because yeah. my notes, I even specified this, and I don't know if you caught this, but ninjas were everywhere. Some alive, some dead, and one or two that were both. <laughs> there was a ninja. Oh, that, like 100%. landed, like he came down, repelled down, and like he stood and like did something before he fell down. And the, when he's repelling down, it wasn't like he fell off the repel; like he was actually literally repelling. Like he had his hands on the repel as he's coming down into the scene with the other two or three ninjas that landed and like r- took off. His outfit mm-hmm. is covered in bullet holes. Like he was definitely that. Oh, 100%. He was that extra that was like you were shot yeah. while coming down, so you're just a dead guy hanging. Yeah. Yeah. He, he they, just they, repelled down. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm good. Right. Okay, now I fall. Okay, cool. <laughs> this is my this is my 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got bullet holes. Like, I saw. I'm Fuck like, it. I don't think that guy was meant to repel down. I think he was supposed to fall down. <laughs> like I don't think that scene worked. Uh-huh. But all right. <clears throat> 
After the ninja fight montage, one ninja throws an explosive device towards the shutters. The explosion breaks through the shutters. Bond makes a really yes. funny quip that I don't remember. Uh, in the, in the, Do you remember? Something like in, Interdependable. Um, I forget, because number one said something about like nothing can get through those shutters. Yeah. He makes a comment, and Bond's like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Essentially, yeah. that's what happened. Bond, Bond, makes a, Bond references yeah. whatever one said and was like, really? Are you sure about that? Bond, Bond makes a fun quip, and Blowfield's cat in this scene, I had to rewind it. Okay. That cat. I, I'm going to listen to what you have to say this because I'll be honest. During this fight scene, I was like literally like jotting notes down, so I don't remember what happened oh, to the man. cat. I think I okay. missed this. Explosion breaks through the shutters. Bond makes a funny quip, and Blowfield's cat freaks the fuck out and wants to escape from that man's arms. Like no joke, if you rewind that scene. That cat was not <laughs> expecting that stunt to go off and is ready to leave everywhere. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it now because I, I didn't catch that. Like, I remember the explosion going off oh the shutters. Oh, my God. And there was so much chaos going around. I think I like, like went to jot a note down real quick. I looked back up and it was like the next scene or something. Funniest part of the entire goddamn movie. I'm definitely going to have to go back and rewatch and, that now. <laughs> funniest part of the entire movie. Um, I do have a trivia time on that. Give me one second. Uh, yeah, now, now this whole while you're pulling that up, this this whole collage I thought was pretty good for um, this movie, and I think this also references back to you were talking about the funding in the beginning of the movie, like how much they put into this. There was extras everywhere. There was, you know, gunmen up oh, on the man. top, ninjas on the bottom. There was all different fighting going on, um, so that you could definitely see where uh, they put some extra funding into this, like this big epic scene. So um, this this fight scene alone, yep. man, was just absolutely, absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, it was it was stunning. And I'll get some get to some trivia on this scene in particular when it comes to budget towards the end. But back on the uh, back on the cat, um, the noise that was made during that stunt of the shutters blowing on the finale scene scared the white cat so much that it ran away and was not found for several days. Oh, wow. It was. It was eventually found. <laughs> it was eventually discovered hiding in the set's rafters. Um, footage of the scared cat wound up in the finished movie, um, of you know, which is what I'm referencing of that cat losing his goddamn mind and ready to just leave. Like the actor playing Blowfield is holding onto that cat so tight to keep it from jumping out of its arms. You gotta rewatch. I'm gonna it. have it's to goddamn now. priceless. I'm glad they it's found the so cat. It's so freaking funny. They absolutely found the cat. Um, but yeah, that, oh my God, that scene just, just, I freaking lost it. I rewound that scene like nine times just to watch the cat's face. It was so funny. So funny. But after Blowfield's cat losing his goddamn mind, Bond is, is taken with Blowfield and Hans. Um, we have a brief interlude of interception in six minutes between the two shuttles. Um, Blowfield proceeds to shoot CEO Osato for yep. failing him, but saves um, Bond. and then Blowfield, yep, yeah, but saves Bond, um, and then Blowfield proceeds to go for yet another ride on Epcot, but not before mm -hmm. getting a ninja star in his hand from Mister Tanaka. Now, that's um, because at this point, number one is ready to take out Bond, and Tiger ninja stars his hand to knock the gun out of his hand absolutely. to save Bond. And then rides off. Absolutely, and then and then and then Blowfield proceeds to you know take his final ride on Epcot, mm -hmm. 
Um, which, you know, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's an okay ride. You know, it's underrated. It is. You know, people give it shit. It's a little bit too educational. It's, nice, but it's I, almost I reminds like me of like a lazy I like river, the, you know, just kind of sit back and cruise. Yeah, exactly. It's relaxing. Yeah, I, can, can I mean, Bluefield knows his shit, you know. I mean, I give him credit for having an Epcot ride in his volcano. Yeah, give him props. Um, that's why he's in the he's But anyway. Exactly. Um, Tanaka rescues Bond with the ninja star to Blowfield's hand. Fight's still going Bond on. tells Tanaka about the infamous exploder button. In the control um, room. In the control room. Perfect timing because the control center explodes and begins evacuating all of the technicians. Through a back entrance. Bond f- through a back entrance, which Bond pre- notices and pre- proceeds to fight his way up the staircase to the control room and encounters Hans in the Piranha Pit area. In the office. And proceeds and proceeds to have a pretty cool little judo fight. Yeah, I like this And I've noticed too. all the moves, in the, most of the moves in this movie that Bond does, they're all judo moves, which is a Japanese martial art. So that goes back to the you know, cultural I, inspiration for this movie. I never paid attention to the actual moves. I thought the fight scene was pretty crafty. Um, but now that you mentioned that, I mean, that makes a little bit more sense. So I, I agree. That is yeah. pretty clever. But I, I didn't actually pick up on the individual moves uh, that they were doing. I thought the choreography was well played between these two characters, especially, again, mm-hmm. like Absolutely. in the beginning of the movie, Bond is up against a opponent that is bigger and stronger in size than him. So I, yep. I like the choreography there because they take that into play. It's not like Bond's invincible. They're like, oh, Bond's going against a harder opponent. He's got to fight differently and do things differently. Um, yep, exactly. And they, they show that um, when he defeats this villain, so to speak. He defeats Hans, but not before taking his, his key to the exploder He button. does. He does grab the key. But how he exactly. defeats him is what I thought was clever. Because this is where it shows uh, the play on their two characters as far as um, build. Because um, at, at this point, Hans goes to swing. And of course, if Bond would have taken the hit, probably would have fell back off the bridge because at this point they're on the bridge into the piranha pit, mm-hmm. but instead ducks down and flips him over his back and throws Han into this pit, which is clever. Throws a Han into the <clears throat> piranha pit and makes Jordan. I know this was in your yes. notes and mine. Yes. So please, for the love of God, say the bond quip when he kills Han, throws Hans into the water. And what is bonds response? Bon appetit. I love it. Beautiful. Love it. It was probably the the one that stuck in my head the most out of the whole movie. Like he had a lot of them throughout the movie, but that was the notable one that you cannot forget. That was that was it. That was yep. the key right there. That was the five star restaurant review. <laughs> Bond proceeds to make it to the to the control panel just in time and detonates Audrey to the little shop of horrors plant shuttle. Like after he's fighting with the thing precisely. For a while. At precisely five seconds, what significance does that have? Well, ladies and gentlemen, these Bond movies are all about the the Easter egg, if you will. Mm-hmm. And this particular Easter egg, if you remember from Goldfinger, he stopped the dial at what? Seven yes, seconds seven. for 007. 007 yeah. He stops this one at five seconds because this is the fifth James Bond movie in the James Bond franchise. Yes. And that was intentional. That is great. <laughs> Those are the things you don't really think about um, either. No, no. There's so background, you know, it's stuff people throw in. Um, but Bond stops the, you know, explodes the Little Shop of Horror shuttle at the final five seconds. The U.S. stops their final countdown to attack Russia. Everybody goes on standby. It's all good. We go from red alert to green. It's fine. 
Um, oh, look, wait a minute. Hold on. Brief interruption. Um, uh, Blowfield's ride on Epcot has, has stopped. He, he came <laughs> to the stop. end of his line. Um, and he hops off and he goes to the secret wall rock panel and initiates the self-destruct sequence on said volcano. I'm glad area. that with all the people on that ride on daily basis that no one else just happens to, you know, Jurassic Park and pop on the side of the road and start fiddling with the walls and finding this lever. Like, hey, what does this oh, do? Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm glad that on all their years of that inactive volcano, no one blew it up before. <laughs> um uh everyone fucking books it <laughs> or better yet swims for it it's true because if you remember the tunnel from the beginning everyone's swimming through that goddamn tunnel uh, now for their lives this, this all true. the ninjas all the bonds all everybody the now i will have to say because you brought up a good point earlier and it's not in my notes so we'll have to investigate this for our, our next recording just just for audience sakes frank does get out of there but we don't know how we don't know how but remember, ladies Frank and gentlemen, will be back. Frank will return. He will be back. Frank will return. Frank is more reliable than Bond. In this movie. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Credit to Frank. Credit to Frank. So um, they are they are swimming um, out of there, and then as they're getting out to the open water, which I thought was kind of clever because the. But again, we don't know how long these tunnels are, but we do know that they're filled with poisonous gas. So how they escaped, I don't know. Uh, well, yeah. Just forget what you know, George. I guess. I guess. Maybe the gas is like an inch or two above the water. <laughs> forget so what you know. Like, oh, water level. I don't know. Um, <laughs> science, I guess. But what happens is these airplanes come by and just drop off a whole bunch of little parachuting wraps down to the water for everyone to come and, and get onto, which Absolutely. was awesome. Now, yep. what I find interesting, and this seems to be a repetitive thing, and we've, we've hit on this as we get to the end of these movies. Oh, yeah. Bond oh, yeah. and his so-called wife are on the raft, and he he references, hey, honeymoon time. And, and you know, she's like, well... Real, real yeah. quick, Jordan, before you get to this, I must make note of they dropped 16 or 17 rafts for, like, 100-plus people. Yes. But yet... They're the only ones in the water. Bond and his wife are the yes, only that's ones... that's what I was getting at. Yes. With 100 yes. miles in the water. I was water. into that. Because he, <laughs> like, he sits there and is like, oh yeah, it applied whatever time. And I'm like, what about everyone else in the water with them? And then he makes the comment of, oh, well, they'll never find us. I'm like, you guys are in one of a, how many rafts with how many people are oh, around yeah. you. And sure enough, like you said, they're just floating by themselves. Yep. And at this point... You are correct, though. This is yet another movie, which you have referenced several times before, that ends with, in implied whoopee time in a in boat. In a boat. In a boat, yes. <laughs> everyone just disappears is what I was getting at. Like Everyone just magically disappears. But I love yep. this because I, I, I referenced this earlier as I get to this scene. The Bond comment of they'll never find us. And then all of a sudden you see this raft by itself in the water and up comes this submarine. Like no one notices a giant submarine just coming up from underneath of them in the water and just lifts the raft and everything up. I was dying when I saw this. I'm like, yes, yes. It was then funny. This is Bond, ladies and then gentlemen. Then the next scene, which is the best part, I, like, I'm already laughing when Bond makes his comment and the, the subs raft out of the water like, oh, hey, we found you. Then he cuts to M in, like, the commander's officer's area of the sub. I don't know what that would actually technically be called. Um, with Money Penny and the captain of the ship and all that. And 
I'm just like, uh, Money Penny, can you go and get Bond and tell him to report here immediately? And she's just like, with pleasure. Like, she knows with already pleasure. that she's cutting into implied sexy oh, yeah. time, and she has no problem oh, yeah. doing it. Everyone everyone in these movies are all about cock blocking uh, and I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it and hate it at the same mm-hmm. time. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful dance, if you yes, will. Yes, but that yeah. dance, and as we've noticed, is always there between Bond and Money Penny. That kind of resembles, oh, yeah. or yeah, it yeah. kind of references some type of history between them, but that, without actually saying oh, anything. Yeah. They, so they, it, I love they it. They fucked at an office party one time. Is that what it was? That's what happened. Okay. Well. Oh yeah, they 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 boned at an office party. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and in my five office party, you know, I've heard Money Penny a got crazy a little parties. too tipsy one night. <laughs> she got a little too tipsy one night. Bond had his vodka martinis. Now, you know. all of that aside, <laughs> this is where the money, uh, the money, <laughs> the money, this is where the movie comes to an end. And if I remember correctly, exactly. this is kind of like essentially the first end credits of the movie. Because in the previous yeah, movies, this they is just the first, first time that it doesn't really just 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 cut to black yeah. and do stormal credits. It, it, you get kind of like an outro, exactly. Yeah, like we got the which intro. was just yeah. another reference to the intro. It was like an, another version, just yeah. a little bit more. kind of a but mimic it was of, the, of the intro. Um, yeah. So I did. I had to throw that on there, like ending credits. I was like, well, there wasn't really end credits, but there was something at the end, a little more than in previous yeah. movies. So it's like you're kind of starting to see yeah. that end credit a little bit more now. Mm-hmm. And that was it. That is, you only live twice. You only live twice. And I, I, it could be me, but I feel like these movies are becoming more and more fun to not only watch but record as well. Uh, oh man, it's so much fun! I, I'm so into this. We are balls deep into Bond, and we still have 20 movies to go. I love it. I love it. <gasps> it's trivia, trivia, trivia. Time. I think he'd come up with a different tone. You know what? Uh, no, 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 you no. Know not go ahead. I just I thought you would do fine, something different. Fine. No, I like it. Go ahead. Keep. I, I know it's the same thing, just different <laughs> words. Just go with it. Um, trivia time. We've in- added a couple things into this episode so far, but a few more touches. The volcano set for Blowfield's secret volcano lair was just as much as the entire budget of 1962's Doctor No. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. That one set cost just as much money as the entire budget of Dr. No. It was so large it could be seen from three miles away. Wow. Sai Chin, who played Bond's playmate in the pre-opening credit sequence, the Chinese girl, Mm -hmm. returns to the Bond film franchise in guess what movie? Because I referenced another person returning. You did, and I... I can't remember what movie it was. Um, it returns in Casino Royale, Royale okay. in 2006. So she also returns. So we have two women that returned to the movie in 2006. And it's the same yeah. same Casino Royale movie, right? Same Casino Royale. They're both in it. It makes me wonder, and especially as we go through the rest of the series, if the Casino Royale was kind of like the new block or whatever you want to call of the bond it's the re yeah. yeah it's the it's the reboot so to speak. I, it makes me yeah. kind of wonder there's so many yeah when we get to casino royale there's so many references to other bond movies yeah i'm, I'm wondering how many other characters they try and like sneak back in in casino royale so I'm, I'm really excited now i will say early stages because i know my taste on these movies will change as the, the series goes on but i am excited for the daniel craig block because growing up with pierce brosman and all I, i've mentioned this before I like those movies, 
and yeah. all the movies we're doing now, all the earlier movies are still kind of fresh and new to me, so I'm experiencing them for the first time, which I'm loving and enjoying in this uh, review. But I've grown a liking to the Daniel Craig style of movies in the yeah. newer years. So we got a we got a long I, I'm way excited to go when we get, get to that to Daniel, point, though, especially man. with all the trivia yeah. and stuff we've got going on throughout the series. I'm oh, super yeah. excited to oh, actually yeah. go back and rewatch these movies with all of this Bond knowledge. More this so information. than jumping in and saying, hey, it's a Bond movie. You know, knowing yep. all this backstory throughout all these movies is going to make that, like, watching it for the first time. Man, oh, I yeah. can't wait. Can't oh, wait. absolutely. Uh, agreed. So, agreed. Oh, uh, uh, more trivia. Um, Go ahead. More trivia time. Um, out of simple currency, courtesy on Bond's part, this is the only movie in which he accepts a martini from Henderson in the beginning that is stirred, not shaken. That's right. This is an intentional joke by the producers, not a mistake by the actors. That's actually pretty So they put that in intentionally to show that Bond's courteous, courteous of his host. Mm-hmm. Um, James Bond does not drive a car in this movie. I did notice that. When I first saw Q pop in, I saw that car in the background. I'm like, oh, gadget time. What's he driving? That's not an Aston Martin. I'm like, yep. what? And he doesn't drive anything. This is literally the only movie in the James Bond franchise to date that he does not get behind the wheel of an automobile. Yep. I did notice that because, uh, every other movie, he did a lot of the the driving in the different chase scenes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, this is also the first movie to show James Bond in his Royal Navy uniform, confirming that he is, he, he does in fact hold the rank of commander in the British Royal Mm -hmm. Navy. Um, the relationship between Sir Sean Connery and the producers of this film was had, you know, same producers that had been done all the Bonds previous had deteriorated so much to the point that he refused to act if they were on set. So that all of Sean Connery's scenes were filmed without the producers on set. Really? Yeah, they had beef, apparently. Hmm. I didn't know that yeah. either. Well, I mean, that's Hollywood, um, though. <clears throat> exactly. Um, Akiko Wakabayashi the actress that played Aki um, could not drive. So all of the scenes of her rescuing Bond in the driving sequences mm-hmm. were shot with stuntmen wearing wigs. <laughs> <laughs> it makes the chase scene so much better now. Exactly. So um, now looking back, all these different sports cars, uh, or not sports cars, but the different scenes with a sports car, like I, I just... I can't stop laughing at all of them. Oh, yeah. It's just the guy It'll with the wig, you know. Because, I mean, when they're in the cockpit of the car, or cockpit, wow, I, I can't speak at all. When they're <laughs> in the driver's seats of the car and they do the whole, like, uh, back green screen of, like, the stuff moving and, like, you see her and mm-hmm. Bond and all. I mean, obviously, it doesn't matter because they're not driving the car. But, like, thinking back now, when you go back and you see the car, like, weaving in and out and the helicopter comes along, just guy oh, in a yeah. wig driving, you know, nothing special. Another hysterical. another fun note on those cars, man, is those cars were the Toy- Toyota 2000 GT Coupes. Okay, I was um, say I noticed that. They, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they were not made without tops. They cut the tops off of the cars for that yeah. movie, and they weren't convertibles. They just cut the tops off of that car for the movie because Sean Connery who was too yeah. tall to as i say they're, the they're they're low roofed cars because if i'm not mistaken really small yeah if you're over the, the the height of five foot eight you cannot fit in that car sean connery is six foot two so 
I, I don't have actual notes on this, and so I have no clue if this is even accurate in saying this, but I believe that the, the black car that was chasing him in that scene, I don't know if you have any trivia or notes on that. I, I assume, okay. I it, to me, it looked at a quick glance like it was an old uh, Nissan, uh, I think it's a 2000 GT or whatever what they call it. Essentially what became known as the Skyline GTRs later on. I can't guarantee it was or not because I, I didn't see the car up close or any badges or anything on yeah. it. But a, a quick glance in some of the scenes, it reminded me a, a lot of that old uh, Nissan car, which became one of the most iconic uh, Fast and Furious yeah, oh yeah. Brian cars, essentially. <clears throat> Could have been. I, again, I don't have any Could've notes. Been. I don't have any info on that. I don't know what car they actually used in that movie. But that's the first thing I thought of when yeah. I saw the the white one I kept thinking was some type of, it reminded me of a Toyota, it reminded me of some other stuff too, but I wasn't sure exactly what they used in this, this stunt. So I kind of was curious. I didn't know yep. if you had any trivia on that car. No, <clears throat> no trivia on that one. But screenwriter rolled, rolled, Ronald, I can never remember how to pronounce the man's <laughs> name. Dahl um, said uh, late, years later after this film came out that of all the film adaptations of any of the works that he's written, this is the one and only where he liked the film results. Every other movie, Beetlejuice, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, every single film that was based on his work, he hated with the exception of this movie, which he did the screenplay for. And you know, that's, that's kind of saying something about Bond movies because uh, you had referenced about in uh, From Russia With Love about how Ian Fleming. Yeah. Also, yeah. you know, he 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 didn't like him until that yeah, movie. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of shows you a lot. And granted, I know there's different aspects to go into a film and a movie. It's not just a producer or a director or an actor or actress. Like there's so much that goes into a movie. But the fact that you can achieve a great cinematic adventure like that that essentially people enjoy, even if it's like. Uh, mm-hmm a different variation of their own work says a lot about the film uh, from, oh, yeah, from writers and the way it's redone from books to movies. We, and we've had on this and random rambling a couple of times too. So it's, it's very impressive to oh, see. Absolutely. So I, I'm liking that that's becoming a, a reoccurring factor in this. So to wrap up trivia time, I've got a couple more last minute facts. This is the first bond movie to not show the MI6 headquarters. Um, it is also the first Bond movie in which 007 does not visit Great Britain at all. Because of this plot point, M and Miss Moneypenny were given portable offices, i.e. the submarine. Mm-hmm. This is a gimmick that is also reused in The Man with the Golden Gun in 1974, The Spy Who Loved Me in 1977, and Moonraker in 1979. So we, we will see this gimmick used again in the future. Um, this is also one of three James Bond movie where James Bond movies where Bond does not wear a tuxedo. The others being From Russia with Love and Live and Let Die. That's right. This is the yep. This is the fifth movie, as we referenced earlier, in the James Bond film franchise. This is also the fifth movie for Sir Sean Connery as James Bond, Bernard Lee as M. Louise Maxwell as Miss Moneypenny, and the fourth film for Desmond Llewellyn as Q. That's right. They will change up in the very near future with the exception of Desmond Llewellyn. I figured it was only a matter of time. Yes, absolutely. And that is trivia time. That is trivia. Okay, so now 
uh, we had talked <laughs> briefly in like I don't even say the pre-show, but we were right before we were recording this. We had talked about our take on the movie, jumping into it, just so we knew what to expect to jump it into recording. And yeah. I had said that at that point in time, this was one of those movies that it was still a good movie, but I didn't quite enjoy to the level that I thought I was going to. Uh, as far as rankings, mm-hmm. I know we talked about um, the the what we were going to rank them at towards the end of the movie once we got to that point. I also said that once we got into the recording, that might change. And I am correct in saying that because, <laughs> like I said, when I watched the movie... Uh, it was, you know, I was kind of out of my element rewatching. I was doing other stuff. I had to pause it to write notes and to have strike conversations and play. So there was a lot going on that when I watched the movie, I enjoyed it, but I didn't feel at that point in time that I enjoyed it to a level that I should have. That being said, going back through uh, the movie and scene for scene notes and great. I know we're having fun and we're cracking jokes as we go made me realize this movie had a lot more to it than I initially gave it credit to. Um, yeah. The movie was all over the place. It was fast action. And I think stopping and doing other things, it, it took away from keeping track of that and going back and watching the movie from beginning to end straight through with no interruptions. I would have come out with a different uh, level results results. Yeah. Then yeah. when I originally first kicked off the movie. So that being said, I definitely think it's up there. It's definitely a good Bond movie. Um, <clears throat> ranking, uh, if we're, I assume that's what we're getting into next. We're getting into the ranking part of it as far as Bond yeah, movies and all. Yeah. Um, before we actually rank the movies, do you want to put your two cents in? Because I know we talked about this beforehand, and you were you seemed excited for this movie. Um, no, man. Like this movie, this is this is Bond. You know, we, we've said before where you're starting to see Bond come into his own and you're starting to see the character develop. This is Bond, man. This movie for me is is the start of the 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 next generation of Bond, mm-hmm. you know, as as like, I mean, we see it like you, you, you see it in modern day movies when it comes to like the Marvel films. You know, you had the 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 act one marvel movies your iron man your thor your captain america your avengers and then your iron man your your two your three you know the separation like that this is bond breaking into that second act of of the bond franchise where it's he you know what bond is you know what to expect you know the action and it's done in such a such a great way um so just to remember what what you said, man. Like I, like I was all aboard this movie from the word go, mm-hmm. um, and hearing that mm-hmm. your your thoughts kind of changed on it after rethinking and sitting on it for oh, a little yeah, bit oh, yeah. is really exciting for me. Um, so with that said, I know exactly where this goes on my personal list, but we have to agree together. So where does this go, Jordan, on the the official ranking? Well, if we're on official ranking, remember this is your side of it now. Um, on the yes. official ranking, the the. The official ranking as of now for the Friday Films Bond in Review is currently number one, From Russia with Love, number two, Thunderball, number three, Goldfinger, number four, Dr. No. Where for you, Jordan, on this list does You Only Live Twice rank? So it is a hard tie with one in, in first and second place. Um, and I know we we hit on this briefly beforehand, but we didn't get into too much detail on the, our, our take on this. 
I still like the way From Russia With Love was filmed as far as that Bond uh, side of things. And I know there wasn't a lot of gadgets and there wasn't uh, you know enough in the movie as far as like the crazy action pace and all that. But the way the story held out, the way that... Um, you know, you had the bond and the anti-bond with red and how everything went. That movie still holds a lot as far as a good bond film on, uh, and it might be more on like the, the secret spy skill level than it is the action and the explosive and all that. And I know as we move on forward, we're going to start seeing a lot more of the action. And like you said, the sexy time and all this other stuff where yeah. the secret, like spy skills don't show up as much they're more subtle and and hidden in the movies they were gonna you know kind of move toward away from um from russia with love and that aspect of just being a good old spy movie to an action spy movie in the newer bonds so i know at this point in time it's becoming that pivot point where it's the it's the transition yes so i I still at, at this point want to put from russia with love at number one with this one in a hard second tie type type bracket. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I will put it above Thunderball. Like I enjoy Thunderball as an all around. Um, yeah. Agreed. But yeah, I, I'd have to put it right now. I'm still like 50, like you're still right like 51, 49%. You get yeah. Like I'm right there on that level where I still want to keep from rush. I will. One at right. one. I will agree with you wholeheartedly, sir. While while this movie is definitely the 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 change in tone for the Bond franchise, and it's where we see Bond going in the future, they're only going to get freaking harder to rank from here. Oh, oh yeah. Especially when we change Bonds, it's only going to get harder. But I will absolutely agree with you. Um, you only live twice on my personal list would probably be number one. It probably edges out from Russia with Love a little bit, even though I think from Russia with Love is a better movie. I yep. think. You only live twice as a better Bond movie, um, but on I will agree with you for the Friday films Bond in review. I will agree, it is number two above Thunderball. Yes, so I I agree with you on that one. At least for this week. At least for this week, we will see what happens next week with both for, both Bond in review and Frank. Yeah, yeah, Frank will return. Um. So that being said, we have uh, the new ranking. You have it ready. Yep. Currently, number one, From Russia with Love. Number two, You Only Live Twice. Number three, Thunderball. Number four, Goldfinger. Number five, Doctor No. That is the current ranking for the Friday Films Bond in Review. So, Jordan, now we're over to you for the villains. The villains. Okay, so this is a hard ranking. And honestly, I'm not sure exactly where I want to put this because... We know that number one, a.k.a. What's his name? I forgot. I never really paid attention to his actual name. Blowfield. Blowfield. Um, The head of Spectre is the main villain. So, I mean, you would think that automatically puts him at the top of the list. Dr. Evil himself. Exactly. However, I don't feel he earns a position at the top of the villain list. Um, I think he was a good villain. I think he played as far as the story and this. Well, re 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 rank. Oh yeah, okay, sorry, sorry. Where uh, where the current so, villain list? So here's is. the current villain list. Before getting too far, number one, you have Goldfinger and Oddjob. Number two is number two. <laughs> uh, number three is the Spectre General and Red from from Russia with Love, and number uh-huh. four is Doctor No. Yes. This all being said, although like I said. Um, 
Blofield is the head of Spectre, the number one villain, and plays a key role in all five movies up to now. Yeah. Should put him at the top of the list. However, I don't feel that he is that medicine or menacing villain in the film that mm-hmm. you know, number two in uh Thunderball and Goldfinger and Ajab in number one have been all the way from the beginning. Because he's there but Bond doesn't play the back and forth quirks with him. There's no interaction yeah. until the very end of the movie. He's kind of like the behind the scenes. If anything, yeah. Ozato would be the and Bennett or whatever Brant Brant. I think you said her name was Brant. Number Brand eleven, so to speak. The yeah. piranha food, uh, if you want to call her. Anyway, <laughs> they are more of the the kind of the the key villains with Bond's interactions throughout the movie, and then number one. Yeah. Again, just behind the scenes, head of the operation. Uh, although he is the main villain, come he's the king. The movie, I, yeah, he's the king. So he's he's still the bad guy of the movie. But I, I don't um, feel he deserves to be top ranked in the Bond villains. Yeah, which is fair. So um, this is your list, man. So where would you where would you put? Him honestly, at? out of if if we're basing the villains off of Bond versus villains interactions and everything, I've got him down at like I'd put him at like three or four, like. So you'd put, like I I would. So you'd put him. I would. I, I still think. Who would you cool. put him above? Okay, he's definitely above Doctor No. Uh huh. Um. I I have him kind of tied with the Spectre General and Red. I still think Red was a great anti Bond, and has some yeah. of the best interactions with Bond. So I I like so, I have trouble putting you know, Blowfield up oh, above yeah, red. You. So I think we know where, you, where, where you're at. I kind of want to put so him down Jordan, at number four. Give us the final list. Well, with your opinions. You, you okay. I need your opinions first before I give the final view. <laughs> um, Blowfield for me personally would be a little bit higher on the list. I do like his creepiness, his edginess. I do like the way he played the character. I agree with you on all those. Um, but I do agree. I do agree with your your difficulty putting him above red because From Russia with Love was such a more personal mm-hmm. back and forth between those characters. Um, so I do, I mean, I, I do agree with you on on your ranking. Would you put him above um, number two or Goldfinger and Ajab? No, I wouldn't put him above number two or so. So ranking wise, yeah. we are. Still... I may put I may put him above red, but it's it's right there with you. It's like neck and yeah, neck. Yeah, yeah. So, like because I feel yeah. like being so I, head I, inspector, I, he should deserve a higher place, and no, and like he yeah, played yeah. a great villain. But we are also basing this off of the interaction between Bond and the villains, and in that aspect, yeah. it's not up until like the end of the movie that you really see that. And I don't think it holds yeah. a lot of weight through the interactions that Bond has with all of the other villains in the movie, even if they are other Spectre agents and lower on the ranking. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, the new villain list ranking is still number one, Goldfinger and Ajab. Uh Number two, still number two. And I kind of just want to leave them there just because it's funny. <laughs> number two. <laughs> number two, is number two, two will always be number exactly. two in our hearts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we are currently leaving... Number three, uh, the Spectre General, who really doesn't care, but Red as the, the key there. Um, yep. Four is now going to be uh, Blowfield, or a.k.a. number one, Spectre Agent. Mm-hmm. And then number five will be Dr. No. Gotcha. And that's it. I, that, that's my I, think that's, I think that's a fair assessment. I, I mean, uh, so that's it, pretty, man. Pretty close we've done the... We've done the Bond ranking. We've done the Villains ranking. What else we got, Jordan? I think that's it. I mean, that is... Um, you only live twice. 
James Bond number five. Uh, five weeks in, and we're having a blast. I hope you, the audience, are also enjoying this and along for the ride and all that. Um, so forward to looking into the next twenty movies. I can't wait. I'm, like twenty five seemed like a huge number when we first started tackling this, but now it's it's just a number. We're just we can't wait till the next week. Uh, oh man, it, we're just awesome. taking it away. And I, I'm hoping everyone else listening is also thinking next week. Is it here yet? Is it here yet? It will be. Don't worry. It just happens. Oh, next it week. will be. Um, so with all that being <laughs> said, Eric, go to you to the outro. Absolutely. So first things first. Next week, as a reminder, is on oh, yeah. Her Majesty's Secret Service. I forgot. Sorry. I didn't that is the that. next Bond movie, which is also the first movie we will be watching that does not feature Sir Sean Connery in the role of James Bond. We will be switching over to George Lazenby's one and only run as James Bond. So we'll see how he ranks up in the uh, in the rankings. That's next right, because that will so, officially start the Bond ranking. Exactly. So on Her Majesty's Secret Service will be next week's Bond for those watching along. With that said, if you like what you listen to on this episode of Friday Films Bond Interview, don't forget you can follow us at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Presents. That is the best way to get a hold of us, best way to share with us your favorite Bonds, your current rankings of both the movies and the villains. And just to go and say, you know what? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> we appreciate that. What's up? so with that said jordan back to you good sir all right so again this is uh eric and jordan and until next week guys let the credits roll